Welcome to Product Growth Leaders Topic of the Week, a podcast that explores product management and leadership topics through interactive conversations with our product leader panelists. Conversations that will challenge you to think about your thoughts on the topic and perhaps get you to change your mind. I am Grant Hunter, co-founder of Product Growth Leaders and the host and facilitator for these conversations. Listen, subscribe, and add your voice to the conversation every week in the Product Growth Leaders community. So Steve and I decided, you know, we'll bring us back with a bang and go with the big topic everybody seems to be writing about because of the work from home and stay from home, everything else. Uh, it's where's product management go in 2021 and beyond. So we opened up with our uh, Monday open-ended question to ask people their thoughts. And I, I'm going to go through just some of these. I'll, I'll give you guys a chance if you want to, to, to comment on them. Uh, but here's sort of the, the, the core answers we got. Ongoing disruption will give product management the opportunity to truly become business leaders. It's best position to lead the organization through change. Uh, as more customers, users work from home, product management getting outside the building gets challenged and product teams need to have methods and practices to conduct the job remotely. An acceleration of technologies that automate and streamline a lot of work that product managers do, looking for signs that engineering organizations are becoming more reactive and confident leadership will be critical to lead the teams and company. And these are some of these are paraphrased to fit them all on the same thing. Uh, markets needs are changing in most verticals and we have easier remote access to customers. This is an opportunity. Product management needs to get better at marketing and demonstrating the value of product management as a business role. Without that, we will undercapitalize on the business opportunity that 2020 is creating. And then finally, the realization that in order to innovate on a continuous basis, leaders must trust their teams and value them each for their individual strengths. We need to push decision-making to product managers and their teams as they have access to more information. So sort of wide ranging, some similarities. Jason, if you're up for it, I'm gonna to go to that middle one, which I know is yours, the acceleration of technologies that automate and streamline a lot of the work that product managers do. I'd love to get your, uh, your, your thought on how is technology going to change the, the, the job of product management? So I don't know that it changes the job of product management directly. It just changes how we do the job. Um, so uh, when I was spending my time at IBM, we were very focused on cognitive technology and artificial intelligence technology. And the premise that we were working under was uh, very much that AI is not going to replace the human worker. It's going to work beside the human worker and change how we do things. So as I um, look at how technology changes the way we do our job, we get additional assistance from it but leveraging the right tools and knowing the right tools and how to use them effectively becomes increasingly important, whether it's AI driven, which I think, I think we're probably, you know, a good five, 10 years away from um, serious AI integration into the work that product management does. But I think we'll see some novel use cases continue to emerge in the, over the next couple of years. I think there's a lot of opportunity right now, but in, in terms of being transformative, I think we're five to 10 years away from that. So there's going to be a next inflection Go ahead. There's going to be a next inflection point when that comes in and, and transforms it again. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think I, I I don't see any evidence yet that this inflection point, the pandemic, the remote work. I don't think that's that this inflection point has impacted that timeline yet. 
it'll be interesting to see how it does. I, I haven't seen any evidence of that yet. Uh, it, it's uh, Steve, Steve and I were talking on that earlier this week. And one of the issues, one of the things I was thinking about was the reality is if you look at product management as a percentage of headcount in any company, it's probably lower down the totem pole of where you would prioritize putting that technology because if you've got a hundred developers and versus 10 product managers, you'd rather make more efficient the hundred than the 10. Correct. Uh, I agree with that completely at the same time. So it's going to be incumbent on product managers to understand the technology options that are available to them, how to deploy them, how to build the case for them and pick the ones that are most useful to helping them maximize their effectiveness. So I think that's one of the big opportunities that even down at the product owner level at the most junior levels, uh, continuing to discover and elevate and understand the technology landscape is gonna be critically a critically important skill for product managers. Uh, it makes a ton of sense. Steve, a handful of these questions get to the, I started with the optimistic, but the opportunity for product management to truly become business leaders, to strengthen that. Talk to me about where you see that opportunity going. Well, you know, um, it's a, it's scary to me. Um, what I've seen over the last decade is that product managers have become product owners, have become business analysts, and I'm seeing product marketing step into the strategic void. Uh, a lot of the companies that I work with now, you know, the the uh, the CEO is saying, you know, I'm I'm wanting somebody to help me decide whether we're going to go into new markets or new products or both. And product management is not my counselor in this. You know, I'm turning to product marketing since, uh, well, since I, I think as much as we all love Agile, I think Agile poorly implemented has caused uh, product managers to become technicians rather than business leaders. And of course, my focus when I work with teams is, you know, product managers by whatever title uh, need to be the experts on the market and the business. And sometimes when I say that, I get dumb looks. I mean, certainly from uh, the technically oriented, they're like, oh, well, no, you don't need to know the market. You need to know the technology. And I'm like, everybody knows the technology. What we need to know is how to apply the technology to a business problem. And they're like, are, are you sure that's product management? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm hope I, I but I'm you know this is my mission right this is uh, uh what we're hoping to do is get product managers re-engaged as business leaders and not as secretaries to development so, so Grant so it's interesting um so hi everybody it's my first time here um Rob Goldberg from uh, Broadridge and Bro um, Rob, Rob I was about to call you in on that topic <laughs> Thanks. So it's interesting because we've, um, you know, we've, we've seen stresses on our co-located teams. Um, so, you know, we've done a lot as we move from waterfall to agile, we've done a lot to co-locate teams, create development pods that enable the product management organization to work closely, closer uh, with the development team. We have a, we're in, an inordinate amount of iterations that go through is where we're getting getting it right, so to speak. What I've noticed is that we've had an acceleration of tools. So as we, you know, and this is also speaks to the where we see disruption in our market is this digital acceleration of certain tools that are now enabling the product management organization. Steve's comment about how it's gone from 
you know, product from product manager to business owner to marketing. Um, we see it coming now from our customer service organization that's customer facing. And with the tools, we're finally able to see if somebody puts in a request for something that product management hasn't been alerted to, it's now coming up as an alert in our tools. So we never had that before. So we're seeing, we're starting to see more success um, and more, you know, at least visibility into things. You know, I just finished an analysis. We were looking at um, what our top projects are versus what our total spend is. And, you know, two thirds of our, our, of our spend is not in our, not going against our top projects. And now we're starting to finally see this thing starting to kick up as we go kick out, as we go more and more into these digital tools that allow us to, to see it, to have that escalation of approval. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because if you, if you I, I was I was reading uh, Rita McGrath's Seeing Around Corners, and I think it was Andy Grove she quoted saying, you know, change starts happening, ice starts melting at the edge. And if you can't enable the edge of your organization, sales, customer support services to give you that feedback back in, you're, you're missing out on opportunity. It's nice to see technology filling in a place for that to happen. Uh, Rob, you- I love you, that book. Go ahead. It's a great book. Yes, that's an awesome book. Well, and, and Anita, perfect timing. I was gonna actually pivot to you. Rob, you talked about some of the stress from the teams in this co-located, in this, in this realm people are dealing with now. I was actually on the phone with Frank Tate earlier, Anita, and he mentioned an incredible conversation he had with you about some of the, the soft skills needed and that type of stuff. And I'm gonna, you know, that, that final thing about leaders must trust their teams and value each individual strength and push decision-making. I'd love to get your take on how do we need to focus on building out the whole product manager, not just the, the te- technical acumen of, of a process and approach. Yeah, well, that's nice that Frank Tate remembered our conversation. That was months ago. Um, I actually interviewed him. I was doing some market research for a course I was building for um, Pragmatic. It hasn't launched yet, but uh, you know, in the same, it was. It, it's a technical course on the finances around product management, mm-hmm. which is often a weakness. But then we diverted to you know he knows Art Petty as well, and I had helped Art Petty build the soft skills course for Pragmatic, and it's. Um, it's, it's often ignored, right? Soft skills don't, they're, they're not easily grasped, grasped by people and they're, they're not tangible, right? And, um, you know, especially in a remote world to, to empower your team to have those soft skills and make that a focus, you know, often doesn't get enough attention. So yeah, uh, yeah, Frank and I had a really interesting conversation that it's, it's, a, it's a delicate balance between the technical skills and the soft skills and, and I think I talked to him, it may have been right at the beginning of the shutdown. So we didn't really grasp the totality of what it means to be a product manager in a, in a virtual setting, right? Yeah. And I personally think that it becomes more important, uh, you know, trying to interact with your customers, your market and your teams in a remote setting, for example, influence and power, um, how is that different in a virtual world? It's much more challenging. You know, teams already are not really skilled in those areas. And then to, to be able to do that in a remote setting is even more challenging. So people get a little bit lost. So I, I think, you know, giving priority to those skills would, would help us a great deal. And I think going forward, if we as product managers and as product leaders can help our teams in a remote world, you know, in any world really, become better influencers and have more clean power as art calls it. And, and 
it helps us to become more strategic and to uh, gain credibility and, and to really drive things a lot better. No, that's great. And actually, I'm going to pivot to you, John Peltier, because your answer was about the getting, uh, you know, the ability to leverage that remote to get access to more people. How do you view that 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 chance for us to get more engagement is going to help? Are we going to get better at Nahito or getting the, the market view uh, outside in? Right. My hope is yes. Um, making sure I'm not on mute. My hope is yes. Uh, the 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 thought I had when I wrote that was, um, I think there's two things. One, yes, the the ease of access is important, but you're right. We have to learn uh, and train product managers to to um, ask the right questions and and find the right the right data and the right insights. Um, when I mentioned the the idea of demonstrating the the value, I think. I, I strongly agree with Steve on, I see a lot of folks that, that where product is leaning very far into tech and not into business market, market sizing, um, really r running their own business. I think that's an ideal and I don't think, I, I don't see a lot of folks meeting it. Um, so I think there is an opportunity uh, with, with markets changing today, but I'm not convinced we're as a, as a function you know, ready to meet that opportunity. Um, unless number one, there's more training, but number two, it's not just the training. For me, it's, it's the, the and Steve commented about um, executives not looking at product management as their counsel on growing, on growth. Um, and if product management isn't um, taking the, the ownership of explaining their own value, no one else is gonna do it. And that's where I feel like we've got, we've got some room to, to, to work. Some work yeah, to get done. I've always said that that marketing and product management are the worst marketers of themselves. Yeah, right. I true. mean, there are so many people with bravado who say, oh, I'm number one. And we're like, oh, yeah, we're all number one, you know, but we never really say, here's what I here's what I contribute. Uh, and if in particular, if we don't have a seat at the table, uh, I, I'm actually su super pleased at the number of products, uh, number of companies now that have a CPO with product management reporting into a C-level, uh, which means at least we're at the table. I mean, it used to be, you know, we'd get into tough times and somebody would say, who don't we need? And they turn to the VP of development and say, who don't you need? And he's like, well, I need all my developers, <laughs> uh, right? So, uh, um, so we need to keep the developers in a couple of QA people. Uh, and then, you know, uh, they go to marketing and marketing say, oh, well, I've got to have my campaigns people. You know, and then they go to sales and say, well, sales, you know, what about you? Um, would you like the product managers? And they're like, heck no, I've already got product managers. They're called sales engineers. And, you know, then it, it, it's that finance says, well, it seems like nobody wants the product managers. Let's just delete the, that group of people. We've saved a bunch of money. Steve, have you well, ever heard the story about Ford? And I'll get back to you. Is that, was that Greg who was about to comment? Yeah, I was going to I was going to add on to that one. My my experiences. Well, well, I actually, I, I was just doing a quick Ford story. There was a story that he brought efficiency uh, consultants in to point to where there was efficiency being wasted. And, he said, and it came up with, oh, there's this one guy in this office who we can't find any productivity coming out of him from whatsoever. We should get rid of him. And Ford said, no, he's my strategy guy. He tell, he, he helps me get perspective and see everything I need to do and make my plans long-term. And it's understanding that that's a role of product management. 
Greg, I love your to comment on Steve's, but I also like you have a product development background as well as product management. I'd right. love to get your perspective from that lens. Well, I have, yeah. So I've been a product manager for way too many years. Um, so, and also a technologist and program manager, the whole nine yards, all of it. And I've seen all the uglies. And Steve, exactly what you're saying is that what I've observed many, many, many times is that the business guys just go talk to the technology guys and the technology guys just go off. And then the same thing is that, you know, what Rob was saying is that, well, now I have visibility in what customer service says, so let's just go fix that. And what, what all of that happens is that they just solve the, the immediate problem in their, in, right in what, what's in there in front of their nose. And then they can't figure out why the business isn't moving. And we're spending so much money, but we can't figure out why the business isn't moving forward. Mm -hmm. And because we're just not figuring out what the value of anything is. And mm -hmm. one of the most powerful aspect. things that a product manager can say is no. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. And, and that becomes extremely unpopular. Um, with, but you know, I would quantify that. You're gonna say no, but here's the criteria of why I'm saying no. And I'm saying no so that we can say yes to this big opportunity. Yeah. And I was working with a team recently and the president said, I, I, I think the answer is product management. But what's I'm disturbed is we haven't had, we don't have any rep. No, 100% of our revenue comes from products that were created five or more years ago. And I don't see a product pipeline from development. And I said, okay, well, there's your problem, right? Development's already overtasked, just keeping up with the product you've built. Um, and sales rarely comes in and says, we need a new product. What they do is they come in and they say, we need new functions in our existing products, right. as long as we can also discount it. Um, <laughs> and, you know, and, and so he was like, Steve, am I, am I crazy here? Is, isn't it product management that I'm looking for? And I've said, and I, and I was like, absolutely. I mean, you really want, as Frank Tate has talked about in, for some of our experiences, product management filling this queue of new product offerings, products, you know, software services that are just standing by waiting for us to commit to them as opposed to, you know, being support for development or being the best sales engineer, the really tactical deployment of product management. And actually Frank would add to that because he did earlier when I talked to him was product management's about the, then is about the build by partner for that. So it's about identifying the opportunity market product problem, and then identifying the best path to get to a solution, whether that's building it internally or buying you know, a competitor or something like that. Jason, I'm gonna to turn to you, uh, and this has not been punishment. Jason normally is the first person to answer the question on money on Monday. And I, I wanna get Jason- Which Jason? Jason V or Jason B? Jason V, sorry, Jason. No, what's your take? When we've talked a lot, a lot about this, you've been a, a, a vital voice as we've had these conversations before where you know from your seat what are you looking at so i think you know it's interesting i i was trying to i was kind of trying to find an article that was shared with me from uh forrester around um you know outcome managers like i think they're trying to coin and somebody has to back me up on this because i think they're trying to recoin product manager product management in the typical forrester's fashion trying to name it something else to outcome management or outcome managers or something like that, Yikes! which to me is like, 
everybody's an outcome manager. <laughs> you know, right. like, what are you talking about? Stop trying to read and define the industry to give yourself a little bit more reading uh, view and, you know, viewage. So well, shouldn't, that, well, shouldn't that be you know, three, that's three what, letters then? That's what Bain did with offering management. Yeah, they yeah. came along and said, "Oh, we don't do products anymore. We do offerings." I'm like, "Okay, fine." And and one of the companies I talked to said, "Could you do a global search and replace to change product manager to product to offering manager?" And I'm like, "Really? You can't do that math in your head? I mean, come on." Jason, uh, Jason we, Brett, yeah. IBM was one of uh, Bain's uh, first and big kind of banner clients on that transition, and uh, uh, it, yeah, that was fun. Well, but it, it takes, how many times have we been in a room described as somebody, no, the offering is the whole offering. It's the tangible product. It's the services around it. It's everything. And too often I've had to describe, people are like, no, software is the product, services is services. No, it all comes together to, <laughs> into a solution. So I actually didn't mind the term offering management as, as a term because it's, it, it gets to sort of Jeffrey Moore complete solution or whole, whole product. Con concept oh, for that reason yep so great conversation there i don't want to get stuck go ahead well we don't need to get stuck but maybe it bears coming back to then at some point because because offering management did leave a big gap um it focused the entire organization on the whole picture and executing on the whole picture and it left the tactical execution steps at the product development level underrepresented Mm. So it was an important aspect of it. Oh, no, that's I, good to know. That's good context from somebody who's actually implemented it. <laughs> and I've talked to Mark Brenda about it. I like some of the stuff that they've done. I think on a strategic side, it makes a lot of sense. And, and maybe this is something that I don't think I've got the question in here, but like, where is strategy and product fit together? I look at, you know, a Frank Tate or uh, some other times. Sometimes you see the chief product officer is the chief strategy officer. I'm going to save that one for another day. Uh, we did a poll about where do we think the biggest impact is going to be on product management, more virtual team collaboration, disruption in my market, more virtual market engagement or something else share in the comments. And we got a couple in there. You know, the thing that surprised me is that we, I thought we would, I'd see more answers around more virtual market engagement uh, because we talked about in the front about it being easier. I didn't expect disruption in my market to be the place I voted for it, but I didn't expect that to be the place. You know, Greg, I'm going to turn to you. I don't know if you voted on this. I'd love to get your thoughts on where do you think the biggest impact is going to be uh, for disruption in the changing of, of, of the market? Well, I think that um, the, the areas of, of defining what product management in, is in a virtual world and, you know, having that proof positive that that product is key um, to going forward is is really going to be the biggest disruption because you're not going to be necessarily having those hallway conversations all the time mm -hmm. you're not going to be you know hand holding your product owners um, and your development teams on what is the value you're trying to move forward the whys and the what's and the measures of success um, those are going to be more and more difficult. And as, as you know, we figure out how we're going to be coming back together, it's going to be, a, it's going to be a big challenge. It's going to be a very, very big challenge. And it now becomes much, uh, a much more of a, I would call it a threat to product management to circumvent all of that. I, 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 that's interesting. And Rob, I want to go back to the comment about the technology about, you know, 
I, I, this is the first time, Greg, the talk about the, the, the casual conversations that happen around the water cooler when you're on the office and that type of stuff. You, you mentioned, Rob, the technology that's being, you guys are using to get things from customer support to product management. Oh, we're also, yeah, we're also being disrupted by technology as well. So we're, you know, the division that I'm in, that I lead product management in is um, Investor Communication Solutions, which is a print business. And, you know, we've seen slight changes, you know, as we start to go digital, but, you know, you look at virtual shareholder meeting, which took us 10 years to get to 300 meetings in one year, in, in six months, we did 2000 meetings, this acceleration into digital and the meetings that are going on now with regulatory bodies and the way customers, customers are looking at things. And when you look at, um, you know, companies like, like Broadridge, where we're, where we have to make the decision, how do we quickly, you know, you know, accelerate all of our development to start looking at ways that we can move things into the cloud. Um, so we have a cloud transformation going on. It's changed the nature of what, you know, a product manager that's come in and is working in, you know, maintaining a COBOL system, now all of a sudden is looking at AWS. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it's, it's a real difference in mindset. Um, and, and something that Steve said struck me, which is, you know, I never really thought about um, and to, to the extent that, that I've thought about um, having an R&D and filling up the pipeline versus being very good at accurately identifying acquisition candidates and letting somebody else do the R&D for us. And then, we, and then going after and buying a company and adding it and integrating it and product management as an integration, you know, an identification and integration uh, body versus having to continue co continually come up with new stuff, not to plug Steve's book, but also go back and then become a product line, you know, I mean, to help with the product line strategy as well. So I see that I see that right now as one of our biggest threats and one of the things, and I don't think, I think it's a different type of mindset and a, and a different type of product management, um, uh, you know, associate that we would have as we start, as we start this, as these trends continue, and I don't see them stopping now. I think it's, you know, pretty much going to continue the way it is. But I think that, you know, to expand upon that, as more and more companies are figuring out how to do, you know, cloud things like that, you find that it tends to be more of a technological transformation. That the technology guys just run off, and the product people tend to just be sidelined on that entire initiative. They're just lifting. Oh, how I wish how I wish that was true, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, I see I see that happening with people just lifting and shifting, thinking they can just take the existing product, the existing user experience, and just put it on yep. a new a new server base and and, and put it in the cloud. And uh, John Peltier, can I add one thing, Grant? Yeah, go ahead, Rob. Um, you know, it, it goes back to something earlier, Greg. Um, we went through we went through the last we used BCG's role mandate process. And yep. we've gone through and we've identified um, now six, it's going to be seven role mandates. And we took an organization in my world that was about 121 people that we had put was identified as product managers, about 350 people on the other side of the house. So it's about a 500 people organization. And what we found is when we went through this, we have now, we have now moved product managers who we've now moved people who were assigned or, or scored as a product manager because they don't do the role anymore or they don't do it the way we've identified it. We've moved them either into technical product manager or into a business a product analyst slash product owner role. And, 
and, and that has been helping us greatly in how we handle transformation because as we start to look at more of these platform transformations, we can now put a technical product manager to handle that piece of it, to interface with the technical organization and pull from the subject matter expertise um, from our product organization. It's been one of the biggest, biggest shifts. I mean, we were starting this pre-COVID and it's been one of the biggest impacts that we've seen to the overall organization throughout the company um, by doing it. Uh, Rob, I'm actually going to use that as a pivot to the next question, because what you were talking about there is role clarity, right? And part of the problem with that I see out there is this, and, and how pragmatic marketing talked about it from day one, right? The clarity of roles, what is product management and who is, what does product management do? There's sort of a philosoph philosophical divide of the tech design VC type world versus the business leader type world. As we look at the ongoing role of product management, Rob, I'm going to ask you to, you know, how, how did you guys define that role uh, as you sort of decided that this is what the role of product management is and these are the roles that are, aren't product management move them away? Well, I can speak for, for, for what we've seen. We were a, we were a very um, uh, technology focused, so sort of what everybody said, you know, we were technology, at first we were, you know, when I got to Broadridge, we were a technology focused organization. And we've gone through this evolution now where after writing the role mandates, we realize that there's a front end piece to this, the discovery and innovation piece that we're now, we realize it's important, but we don't have this, the skill sets. You know, we pulled from our customer service and technical organization where we acquired these people through acquisitions and they're very technically focused. And so that's one thing, you know, we, we, as I, you know, we've been, we were very much focused on the middle, writing requirements and, and managing that build process, you know, and, you know, thankfully we have a good marketing and sales arm, but we don't, the go-to-market piece, I would say we need to build up and the, and the front end piece. We also found, we did a survey when I first started, I, I did a survey of the entire organization and we found that everybody had goals for, um, you know, if you look at commercialization, strategy, and, and, and development, everybody had goals to be somewhat spread apart and they wanted to work, everybody, you know, no matter where you are, you wanted to have the, the luxury of doing strategy work. Mm -hmm. And when we actually asked them what they're actually working on, and then we did an analysis of what their MBOs look like, nobody did any strategy work. So everything was either project management, supporting the technical organization, but no strategy work was being done. And and that's why, as I said before, that's why acquisitions have become such an important part of what we do. Because if you're not going out and building the pipeline, it's really, really easy to go out and find a company that's done that well, that's young, growing, has technology that can be integrated, has a growing customer base that we can add to because we're the leader in, in the space and just bring and just acquire them. Yeah, especially Rob, as a... Go ahead, Anita. Sorry, Rob, if I could ask it with all those changes and, you know, structural and the technological, um, how, how much, in addition to acquisitions, how much was um, invested in upskilling internally? And how do you think that's changing in the new environment? I know that um, organizations tend to, in times of crisis or, you know, challenge to kind of Back cut those back. budgets, you know, upskilling and training, right? Yeah, so we just made an investment of $3 million to do that, um, to upskill. So once we wrote the role mandates, um, we did another survey. Everybody's been, uh, been assigned to a role mandate and leveled into a role mandate. And now we're building out the, um, the training plan. And um, we just got in, um, an investment 
from uh, actually from our CEO. We had a CEO change, <clears throat> and and who we went. So we went to a very product focused company, and we just got that investment to go out and start looking at across the organization how to upskill. Do you think that's um, typical, or do you think that's that's unique? Uh, you know what? I've been doing this for 35 years. I've never seen anything. I've been through every type of transformation in product mm -hmm. management, product development, known to man, and. I don't think I've never seen anything like that in either. Yeah, that's that's I don't awesome. Know, yeah. I don't know if anybody else has, but you know, I, I've worked for companies. I've worked in new products for companies that have hated new products, um, <laughs> and so to be in an organization at the time in product management at a time when the company is actually the CEO is actually saying it's the most important pillar of growth. Um, I don't know what to do with myself. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, especially uh, Jason Brett, I'd love to get your take. You know the BCG role mandate type stuff, you know, the offering management stuff you guys were doing, do you, was there stuff there that seems different? You, you talked about that stuff that was missed in the middle. Uh, yeah, uh, so it was, you know, the, the role itself um, as implemented where we were was very focused on really kind of the things that we think about five years ago, seven years ago, some time ago, we used to try to really make the, dis the distinction between a strategic product manager and a technical product manager. And people would define themselves and their resume is that in, in those kind of different veins. And what it really kind of did is I think it took the, the general manager concept that you're more strategically minded uh, product managers focused on and said, okay, this is what offering management is. And it's, it's this higher minded knowledge worker uh, um, strategic role that's responsible for really bringing, driving the revenue and the value proposition of the products that we're developing. The result of that was in IBM's case, they literally said that the statement was quote, if you're in product management today and offering management is not something that's attractive to you, you should probably start looking for another job. Wow. And what that led to, and that literally came from one of my executives, um, what that, and what that resulted in was engineering coming back to the forefront of making all of, of owning the backlog, owning the development decisions and offering managers being relegated to the position of, okay, we built it. You go commercialize it. Interesting. I'm going to move us to the next question. And Jason V, I'm going to come to you with this. How do you think the evolution of the role is going to change requirements and expectations for the job? That's a good question. And I'm going to ask everybody else because um, maybe this ties into this, but I want him to bring this up. So now I feel like I'm in a debate, just going to change the question <laughs> or answer another question. Um, and uh, so it's interesting as we have gone, you know, very digital and in our collaboration for product managers were always kind of predicated that it would be better to be closer to the market, closer to your sales teams, closer to your marketing teams, or if you're a product owner, possibly closer to your development teams. Now that we've gone more digital, we're learning how to collaborate in a very remote kind of way and possibly actually gain some success there. How do we feel about our product management staff? You know, is there a risk that they can get uh, you know, poached for other product management positions somewhere else. Um, the good talent, you know, can go somewhere else because now the world has opened up for them outside of their location, you know, and I think that that might be something we need to think about in 2021 
now that local requirements from a recruiting perspective um, are kind of um, out the window. I, you're and, seeing that in software. Really Sorry, go ahead. You're seeing that in software engineering already. Uh, my my yeah. nephew is a software engineer for a big government contractor. And without asking, he was given a $25,000 raise. He's in the Minneapolis, St. Paul area because they know that companies are looking for good engineers now virtual wherever they are. And they had to up what they were paying to make sure they can compete on a national stage. Uh, uh, to the panel, to everybody out there, what's your, do you think that's going to happen with product management? Well, I, I just took a remote role, but I certainly did, did not get a $25,000 raise. <laughs> I will say You're that. not a software engineer. <laughs> that is true. Um, no, but uh, does it does it change expectations of the job? It's, I think if, if as a function, we're able to, um, to reach the level of strategic impact we want, it will change. It will require more business skill, more finance, for example. Um, but you know, the the question is, are we are we actually going to get it there, or does product marketing continue to to drive the strategy and leave product management working with dev? Uh, that's a good. But again, it goes down to role clarity as well. What is yep. the, our title clarity shall be? Anita, I'd love to get your take. You were working some of the fi financial aspects of it, some of the soft skill aspects of it. How does it? How do you think it evolves? Um, I think it's been evolving already before before this year even happened, right? Um, but I think the pressure is on. I think uh, I think that we need to work harder as product leaders to get that visibility, right? And like like Steve said, to advocate for ourselves and really get that seat at the table. And I do think that the expectations, uh, you know, I have a lot of experience in the project management side as well. And I've seen over the decades that the expectations for the business side, the financial side, the numbers, the hard skills, you know, and the soft skills has increased significantly. So I do think that, um, you know, this year aside, you know, one way to get really good visibility is to, to build those hard skills as well. And I think most of the organizations I've worked with don't really expect their whatever the role is defined as the product managers to have those financial skills. And I think that that's an area where we can really um, drive our value, right? Is whether or not your organization expects that of you to build those skills, you know, and maybe I'm pitching our course here, but I, I, <laughs> I saw that one of the reasons I built the course and, and, and pitched it to Pragmatic is because that is something that held me back in my career, right? Is, you know, I have an MBA and everything and I have an advantage over a lot of my peers who don't come from a business background. Yet, even if you have an MBA, that role is just often not expected to have the hard skills, the financial skills. Um, and I think, I think those are areas that, you know, we can, we can push that evolution and, and become better product leaders in that way. And, and I, you know, not so much as the leaders, but to, to help our teams get there, right? And especially if we talk about moving stuff to the front end, part of it's the strategic side, but part of it's building the business case. I was, mm, right. I, my first job out of grad school was at GE. I was taught how to size markets from the ground up. Mm -hmm. uh, I was taught by FP&A people how to build a pro forma, right? Yeah, you're so, lucky, you're yeah. lucky. Yeah, it, it, it yep. was a skill set that I had that I, you know, mm -hmm. I, helped me succeed where I was. And mm -hmm. I'm going to actually, we're going to do this sort of debate style. I want every single person, you got 60 to 120 seconds to answer this one question. I'm, we're going to start 
right to left on my screen. So Rob Goldberg is going to go first. I want your, you know, what's your gut take on the biggest opportunity for product management to make a material impact on company performance moving forward? Oh, wow. Um, I would say, um, I would have to say it's the integration of technology. Um, you know, across the, to help create productivity um, within the um, within the processes that we do. Uh, it's just closing the gaps, I think, in, in the in the steps that that that, that we do and, that, and what it takes. And so it's that integration across all the steps between development and tech and the product world. Okay, Greg Fenton, you are next up in my right box. Okay, so I think that one of the big material impacts, and I'm going to tee up on what Anita said a little bit, is that the what product management needs to do is be very clear on what the goals are and explicitly what the measures of success for anything that they're going to try and do so that that, that communication is very clear across their partners in the organization and also down. And that empowers all the teams to actually move in the in that direction and have those debates upon you know what are the goals and what's the market we're trying to go after. That part is going to make the biggest impact on the business as well as how the teams are all lined up, regardless of where they are in the world. I got that one. Jason Brett, you are next in queue. So ultimately, I don't think that going forward is any different from what's in the rear view mirror in terms of where product management has the biggest opportunity to have a material impact. And that is continuing to be the soul of the company and ensure discipline in making sure that we're solving the right problems for the customers that our company is addressing. Uh, we're, we're, we're choosing the right problems to go solve and validating the solutions effectively. I don't, I don't think that changes. I, 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 I'm with you. Jason V. In popular debate style, I'm going to have to disagree with everybody. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, you have to no, give an answer beyond that. You just can't say I disagree. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, that seems odd. Um, yeah, I have to agree with Jason Brett. I don't think there's a whole, a whole lot of change. I think there's a lot more opportunity in it and there's a lot more need to uh, make it more visible what we're contributing to the organizations as product managers to make sure that we really nail down what our market is supposed to be, what it is, what is agreed upon and connect those to the products that we are delivering and continue to make sure that we are building the most important things for our market, um, you know, because resources are tight and scarce and, uh, we have to just continue. I don't think there has been any change uh, specifically because of the situation that we're in. Awesome. John Peltier. Um, thank you. No, I'm, I'm, I see the, the alphabetical flow here. Um, I think that um, I would agree fundamentally there's not a, uh, a dramatic change, but I will say I'll offer up that I think there's a number of companies where um, or which do not have where the product teams do not have access to or command of all the data that they need and should be using to build business cases to to build support for their their roadmaps their ideas so i look at the the sort of growing field of product operations as a big opportunity 
where um, you know where where you can put in the process and the data availability and access to enable product managers who are already extremely overworked to to make better decisions just by giving them real-time access to data that normally they'd have to chase down and would often find excuses not to go find in some cases. Um, so I think that's an opportunity to to enable product management to to be better stewards of the company's uh, resources and decision making. Awesome. Anita. You all took my answers. <laughs> I agree with everyone, of course. And um, I'll, I'll just add that, um, you know, in addition to the, the, the hard skills that we talked about already, uh, on the soft skill, skill side, I really do think that this is, you know, this year has been a little bit scary and a lot of people have lost jobs and in organizations where we haven't been valued, those people lost jobs. And, you know, now that we're, you know, finding some ground to stand on again, I, I really do see this as an opportunity to prove our value. And I think that um, we can't be shy about that, right? I think that we have to be, you know, in a virtual world, advocating more for ourselves and our teams and and really you know reaching out and taking the initiative to figure out ways to there there are new problems that are scaring people and we're the ones who are accustomed to that right we know change we know um scary stuff we know seeing around corners and i think we can help our organizations uh, become more comfortable with that so i think it's a really big opportunity for us to um you know really leverage our soft skills to to um promote our teams and get that visibility. Uh, great. And I, first, I want to thank each of you for not having to have me say your time's up and have you keep talking. <laughs> uh, I do appreciate that. I'm going to come in and actually, I almost jokingly changed my name to Jason Hunter because Jason and Jason went back to back with, you know, going that way. I, I recently wrote a blog series, a two part called the product leadership imperative. And for me, what I, my focus was, was the concept of uh, management is doing things the right way. Leadership is doing the right things. And I, I, I see the biggest impact we can have is, and I think both Jason's have said it and, and Anita and John, have, have, I mean, I think all of us have gotten that. It's making sure that the organization is point, putting our resources on the right opportunities. And whether in a product lifecycle management, it's understanding where you are in your maturity and do you inv invest in growth through new features that get you to new market segments? Or is it time for you to start that second growth curve or next growth curve and go into a new market or new and, or bring a new product to market? And having the ability to leave as, from a business aspect, leverage that business acumen and, and those types of things. Uh, guys, I want to, everybody, I'm using guys in a generic way. I do too. <laughs> I have to break that habit. I call my kids uh, guys. And my, <laughs> My, my daughter tells me I need to be better with my pronouns and how I use my pronouns. So <laughs> I, you know, uh, I want to thank everybody for your time this afternoon. Uh, some great new voices on the call. Uh, Jason, uh, Brett, Rob Goldberg, Greg Fenton, Anita, thank you guys so much for being part of this. Steve actually had to go. He had a call with a client. Uh, but I hope we can keep you coming back to being part of this conversation. Uh, we enjoy it. I, I'm, I'm, you know, selfishly, I enjoy having better, more, more voices on there to have the conversation. Jason Vincente, and I know I, I just butchered that, <laughs> Vincent, and John Peltier, you know, two longtime people, glad to, glad to have you guys back. 
we're going to be trying to do this every week in the community. Next week is going to be a new topic. We're going to have the open-ended question. We're going to have the poll and we're going to have this call. And, you know, the more people we can have participating, the more good voices we have, the more different lenses we can bring into it, the better the conversation can be. So everybody, thank you so much. And I'll tell you, have a wonderful weekend. If, if it's weather is the, as good where you are as it is here, it should be beautiful. So thank you guys so much. Have a great Thanks, one. Thanks, Grant. Thanks, Grant. Bye, Bye everyone. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone. Have a good weekend. Thanks for listening to Product Growth Leaders Topic of the Week. If you haven't yet, go to your Apple, Android, or favorite podcast app to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join us next week for another episode. For more great content and to participate in the Topic of the Week conversations, go to community.productgrowthleaders.com and join the conversation.